Hey, it's Jolie. And Ian. We're the hosts of Jolie and Ian Fight About Stuff. Very fight about stuff. Ian's going to try really hard not to shove things around with his foot on the table right now where our recording device is, mm -hmm. or do any other weird stuff that makes noise, which is his favorite thing to do. Yes, it is. While we record a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, time is meaningless at this point, mm -hmm. but we're still going to stay at home. And slowly losing our minds, maybe? I don't know. The cat helped. We went for a run today. I think if we didn't have a cat, we'd be dead. Uh, maybe. I mean, like we really love our cat a lot. I mean, I'm. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we love our cat a lot, even if we weren't in quarantine. But we really love our cat. Petting him is so relaxing, where he just leans into you and purrs. Yeah, that it definitely helps when I feel stressed and anxious. Yes, he's a bit of a therapy cat. We are doing a meta episode where we talk about fighting and how we fight. Mainly because we didn't have anything else to do. I was bored, which is, of course, the main inception of this podcast. And I think one of the weird things about being home all the time is that even though you're both together, you're not really engaging with each other on a meaningful level very often. Yes, because I, I guess there's only so much time you can spend around each other and be engaged in a meaningful way. Yeah, and it's not like you get to come home from work and be like, this is what happened to me today. We can really talk about it. I literally watch you throughout <laughs> your day doing your thing. And it's not much. Not much for me either. Ian hears all of my meetings, so I don't really have anything to report about them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to talk about our inner thoughts. But it turns out... We don't have as many as we thought we did. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just uh, it's the Sahara up in there. Um... I think that we are, we're not actually, we kind of are fighting more, but also just we're annoyed with people who aren't us a lot. Thank you. Oh, you don't. Two days ago, Ian's mom and I got in an extremely long fight because I said that I intended to have a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese for lunch. That was a fun fight, though. It went for a really long time, and I was actually kind of annoyed. Yeah, but... She was but, being very judgmental about my craft macaroni and cheese. You get, about, you get mad about it now. I am mad about it. She's being so superior about it for someone who only makes box cake. But uh, here's, here's the great news. It kept you engaged for like an, half an hour, Yeah, hour. but not in a good way. Not in a productive, healthy way. You should. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was an annoyed, irritable, why are you being like this? Turns out she was projecting onto me, and I didn't appreciate it. But I understand the impulse. Yeah. But it was a good time. It was not a good time. I did not have a good time. I was Ugh. not enjoying it. It somehow spiraled into lots of other food things. I felt like she was food shaming me, and I think the last thing we need in this time of coronavirus is food shaming. Do the things that make you happy, people. I don't feel shame. Ian never feels shame, so he feel shame. wouldn't know. I am easily riled up and easily shamed. I, I lived in a household that was heavily relying on guilt. Uh, yeah, I did not. So. Which is ironic, considering your mom tried to shame me about food. I, I like, a I... lot. The best part of the entire fight, though, was that Ian's sister was on the chat with us, and at some point she woke up and said, mm, guess I need to have Kraft mac and cheese for breakfast now. Make me a box, Mom. And it was the best. Love you, Lisa. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> you are more sensitive to shame. Yeah. Me. 
I think like, actually I, probably these things come up in our fighting. If you, target each I know. Other. I'm trying to segue. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was doing so well, and then you just had to go around and take the segue. Pretend I didn't say anything. Uh, no, let's just stop the podcast. It's over. <laughs> no, you, um, you do. You are more sensitive to shame because when somebody like comes up and says, "Julie, you should feel bad about this," you get very defensive. Can you give me an example? Well, Kraft macaroni and cheese is one, but that's not, but I feel, let's say, um, sometimes your parents try to do it and you get very defensive. Mm, I grew in a very heavily shame-based Christian religious tradition. I'm trying to remember a specific instance. Um, Mm, We were just talking about this. When Ian and I were unmarried, unwed, mm -hmm. in college, Mm -hmm. Uh, we decided to take a trip to Ireland because we were both studying abroad in England and you can get from England to Ireland for very cheap mm. and we thought it would be fun. I think I should note at this point that I paid for my own trip to Ireland. I did not use my parents' money. But anyway, my parents found out about this and they were like, you know, we don't approve of that. And they tried to shame me by saying, how would you feel if you're dating someone in the future and they went on a trip with their significant other, people are going to talk about this. <laughs> to be fair, my parents, I come from a really small town. I'm sure people did talk about it, but I also don't care. Yeah. And the shame did not work on me. And I said that I would not care if my later significant other went on a trip with their girlfriend mm-hmm. or boyfriend during college. Joke's on them because I did marry this one. <laughs> That's a real punchline. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, shame. Shame comes deeply into it. You don't feel shame, actually. Yeah, I don't feel it as acutely as you do. Um, What do you think your motivating factors are? You you know, sociopathy is one instant thing. But uh, other than that, um, my motivating factor is... I am a people pleaser, though. You are a people pleaser. I think that... My main mechanic when fighting is not necessarily to make the other person feel bad. It's to make them acknowledge they were wrong. Because mm-hmm. I'm not really right unless you admit you're wrong. But usually the means to get there is making them feel bad. <laughs> I think it depends on the kind of fight. Uh-huh. I don't try to make you feel bad when we fight about Ewoks. I just try to demonstrate that you're wrong. Well, that's not a real fight. It's still a fight. It was on this podcast. That's it. That's it. I think empathy is an important part of fighting. That's it. And I'm going to use this word in the lightest way. That is an intellectual fight in terms of just like us arguing about Ewoks. That's not about like you did something wrong or like a moral conversation about our decisions. That's just about Ewoks. And do not do not respond with, well, you made a decision <laughs> to believe <laughs> Ewoks would lose, which is ethically... Yeah, I do think it is kind of ambiguous. It says something about you. You only think that the uh, Empire is capable of winning. We're not retreading this territory. We're going to have a podcast. I know, but now we're talking about the ethical implications. Oh, goodness. We're not going down this road. Um, Yeah, my parents try to make me feel a strong sense of shame. What did your parents try to make you feel? A strong sense of duty and obligation? I think those are things that drive you. I think so. Uh my mom didn't really, like, have to sit me down and, like, 
Yeah, we, I remember one time I uh, I ran off and uh, to catch frogs with friends, but I didn't tell my parents, and they couldn't find me for like hours. So that's uh, bad. How old were you? I was in elementary school. Yeah, that would freak me out as a parent. Yeah, and I remember my dad taking. Okay, do you know how worried you were? And I went no. And he's like, why do you think we were worried? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, um, I think, uh, is it because you didn't know where I was? He was like, exactly. We didn't know where you were. You need to tell us where you go because we didn't. We thought something bad could have happened to you. Do you understand what you did? Yes. Okay, you're going to have time out. You'll be grounded for like a week or something. And it was like, we're going, my dad does rhetorical, or not rhetorical, he just questions you. And he says, I want you to take me through the decision process. I don't want you to admit that you're wrong. So in a lot of ways, he's kind of I was like going to say that sounds like me. Anna and um, I had a fight a bit ago where he hurt my feelings. And in order to make him understand, I had to reframe the scenario as if it had happened to him. Mm-hmm. And then he felt bad. Yeah, what was it that we were fighting about? Do you want me to say on the podcast? No. No, I didn't think so. Did you remember? Yes. Okay, then. We won't bring it up. Um, we don't fight that much anymore. Not seriously. No. But we argue a lot. Last night, for example, I think COVID is making all of us just really take the little things and latch onto them. Last night, we got in a really long argument before bed about <laughs> whether or not Ian and I had watched On the Basis of Sex about Ruth Bader Ginsburg starring Felicity Jones together or not. And I am it like, went on for at least 15 minutes. 100%, 99% sure we did not watch it. I am 100% sure that we did watch it sitting in this apartment, in this formation, on that TV. I am 100% sure. I think this stupid this stupid argument we have is like, just drives right home the point that humans are very unreliable. <laughs> to be <laughs> fair to me, Ian has a bad memory. They're not hard. I have an okay memory when it comes to other things, but... You don't have a good memory. I just throw out certain things. Yeah, so I think he threw this one out, because I'm 100% positive it happened. I remember it so Are you sure you weren't watching it with friends, and I just happened to be... Yeah, I don't have any friends. (laughs) Okay, I have one friend who lives here, and I did not watch it with her. No, no, no. I meant, like, over whatever. No! Like Skype or something. We did not. I have not watched anything with friends over Skype. Are you sure that it happened? I'm a hundred percent positive it was with you. I have absolutely no. I don't remember anything from that movie. I don't remember who's in it other than Felicity Jones because she's the main character. Every all side character is gone. I don't even remember what she does or how she does it. Do you really want to do this again? <sighs> no, because there's there's literally no way for us to actually. Well, I Come found that text message from your parents saying that they rented it and we should watch it in the next 24 hours. Okay. And that's when I think we watched it, on August 4th, 2019. Are you sure I watched Yes. I think the important thing to note here about August is that I don't remember most of last summer. It was kind of a long summer. Yeah. It was a long summer, and I don't remember... We were dealing with some sex. family stuff, Yeah. and so we lost most of that time. But we did watch it together. I remember it. On this couch. Probably under this blanket that is on my lap right now. 
can't remember. Does Felicity Jones see dead people at the end? I hate you. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Sixth Sense. Uh, what? I don't think it'll be good because I know the twist. That's true. The, it, I've, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. 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 Yeah. I thought it was Shyamalan and then I got nervous. Is, uh, well, let's say I'll just never forgive him for what he did with the Avatar The Last Airbender live action film. Oof, that was rough. I heard. I, I did watch a scene one time. It was like on a compilation of the worst acting of the decade. That was on there. Let was- me put it this way. He auditioned Zac Efron for the part of Sokka. Oh. Zac Efron dodged a bullet. Yeah. Anyway, Avatar The Last Airbender, though. Fantastic show. Yeah, it's on Netflix. We should watch it again. I will say, the thing about watching Avatar The Last Airbender is when you finish it, you have a TV hangover like none other. Mm-hmm. It's just, everything sucks in comparison. Yeah, and you just can't watch anything else because it's not the right spirit of, like, whimsy and redemption with these characters that you're rooting for and this, like, slight satirical... It's very hard to live up to afterwards, and we did not know what to do. Yeah, it's really... It's just... It's kind of like how you play Breath of the Wild and then everything around it, you're just like, oh. I know, and then you try to take something that might have, like, the taste of Breath of the Wild and it's not as good. Yeah. No, you're just, just sad. It's rough. I think there are multiple kinds of really good things. I think there are things that are really good that you never want to see again, like the Shawshank Redemption. Or Grave of the Fireflies. Oh, don't watch Grave of the Fireflies, people. Especially don't do it on a Sunday rainy morning because you will never recover. It is about the firebombing of Tokyo. And it is depressing as hell. It's real rough. It's great. Hayao Miyazaki. Or I don't know if it's Hayao Miyazaki, but it's Studio it Ghibli. It is not, but it's Studio Ghibli. It's Studio Ghibli, but not Hayao Miyazaki. It is free on Hulu, and don't watch it. Do it. Don't watch it. Never watch Unless you really want to be in like a melancholic, deeply depressed funk for the rest of your life. We turned that on in the morning on a weekend, and I looked at Julie and I went, you don't want to watch this. It's really depressing. And Julie was just like, it's okay. And then the first scene is, like, there's a dead kid. Yeah, it really pulls you in, though. It does. Oh, it's a great movie. Oh, no, we're not watching it. It's super yeah. depressing. Um, then there are movies that are great, and you want to rewatch, but, and here is my differentiation thing, they don't ever make you want to create anything. Create anything? No. Sometimes I think like, I go to book readings and things, and it's great, and I am mad at myself for not writing, but it doesn't make me want to go home and write. Because it's so good or it's so bad? It just doesn't. It just doesn't really I don't know you. if it's a good, bad thing. Then there are things that are really great, and it makes you, it inspires you to go create things. And then fourth category is things so good. That you just lose heart in yourself, and you're like, I'm never going to be this good. Like what? I don't know. You think of something. You said you said there was a book like that for you. Anyway, the purpose of this is, where do we put The Princess Bride, the best film ever made, in this ranking? Uh, Ian and I watched The Princess Bride the other day. I think The Princess Bride is a perfect film. It is perfectly cast, perfectly directed, perfectly written. Thank you, William Goldman. 
I think all the time about the fact that William Goldman didn't like anything else that he wrote except for The Princess Bride, even though he wrote a lot of really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever get the chance to listen to Carrie Elwes's <laughs> memoir, As You Wish, Tales from the Princess Bride, something like that, you should do it. It's a blast. And Carrie Elwes does the voices, and he's really good at it. He's super good at it. Yeah, he's a great voice actor. Do you should just do audiobooks all the time. I would listen to all of them just because I love him. Uh-huh. One time we were at a Chinese food restaurant, and this girl kept saying mean things about Carrie Elwes, and I almost launched across the table at her. Yes, but you did take it out on my ankle underneath the table with your foot. I just wanted to make sure you were noticing. I uh, I was noticing, and I also was in pain. <laughs> well, I was also in pain, so. I just, you were in emotional pain. I was in physical pain, which tra- transitioned to emotional pain later on. I don't know. What do you think other people are fighting about during this time? Oh, I can tell you things that other people are fighting about. Are you at liberty to do that? I'm not going to use names. I'm just going to say that people are fighting about how loud people are while they're both co-working in the same space. Uh Uh-huh. Ian was whistling the other day (laughs) while I was working, and I almost killed him. It's almost the end of our relationship, and then I got him to stop whistling. And I think I was pretty nice about it. I was like, Ian, oh my god, you have to stop whistling. What are you doing? Uh, Which is pretty nice, considering what you were doing. I'm a good whistler. I um, hate you. I know. And then after he stopped whistling, he started hum-singing Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. <laughs> Really loudly, sitting at the desk that is literally one foot from me. And again, I had to yell at him. I don't care why you don't like Tears for Fears. I, don't really I do like no. Tears for Fears. I was doing work. Here's an imbalance in our relationship. I am very apt to speak up about things, and Ian is generally more passive. Mm hmm. So, would you like to take this moment to uh, kick something off your chest? No. Do you get it? Fantastic. What do I want to get off my chest? I don't know. I'm just trying to make our podcast interesting, and you're not helping. Our podcast is very interesting. Well, sort of. I don't know. I, I don't know how interesting we are. We have 20 views now. Yeah. I don't. Maybe your mom has this on in the background for comfort. Probably. It seems the most likely. <laughs> we should just do one. Just, mom, 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 Gina, I think mom. The quality of our podcast is deteriorating, but that makes sense because our minds are also deteriorating. That's true. The longer we're here, we oh, we should do one for my mom about Kraft mac and cheese. No, uh, Harold and Maude, or whatever the name is. Harold and Maude. Here's and the thing. Bad it we're is. not fighting, though, about Harold and Maude. No, but in a way, we're fighting with my mother. That's true. <laughs> fighting with Gina, part two, part two of Ian and Julie fight about stuff. Okay. I guess we could be fighting on the same side. There's nothing in the title that indicates we couldn't be. Yeah, we could tag team it. What's it called? Harold and Maude? Harold and Maude. Yeah. We won't do that now. We should, do it. We should, we should put it, it all in one podcast, so my mom has to just maximum amount of time disagreeing with us. Yeah, Gina does text us live while she listens. So don't you have a friend who loves Harold and Maude? Leah loves Harold and Maude. Oh. But she does always say she wishes they didn't have sex. 
Which is how I feel about Harold and Maude. I'm totally distracted by the idea of them having sex, so I can't even tell if the movie is good or not. I'm just horrified yeah. by that part. It doesn't help that he looks like he's 10. Yeah, he doesn't look old. I think he's I supposed to be 26 or something, but he looks like he is maybe 15. He looks like he's still a teenager. I was like, is this, is this He has, baby? like, a baby face, and it but is uncomfortable. They are setting him up with, like, trying to with, like, Yeah, the so, he's, so supposed he's supposed to be, supposed older, to be older, but he looks really young. Yeah. And even then, it's so weird. I wonder if age gaps are going to start ruining movies for me as soon as I have kids. Like, what do you mean? Like, if there's too big an age gap. If that's gonna make me start feeling really cringy once I have like a small child under my care, maybe. Like, will we stop watching Lost in Translation? Maybe. I guess Lost in Translation is so well done that I don't notice the the, the age gap. And, and nothing it, happens. And they, they, the, the most they do is share a kiss at the end. Yeah, that relationship is all kinds of Freudian. Oh, Lost in Translation. Uh, probably a little bit. You yeah. don't think that she also thinks of him as her father? I I don't know because we never like understand her father or her family. Do we? No, I just Which touched her mom once. I feel like she does think of him as like a father figure. Possibly. But I, I don't It's been a long time since I've seen the film though. We should watch it. It's a good film. <gasps> you know what we should movie. watch? The Devil Wears Prada. Sure, yeah, so. We have it too. We have it. Devil's Prada. Here's an argument I have about the Devil Wars Prada. Andy's friends are bad people. Oh yeah, definitely. There's that scene where they're holding her phone away from her while her boss is calling, and it's just stressful to watch. Yeah, no, no. no. She, yeah, they're they're. She's like in a high driving job. She's getting lots of opportunities, and they're she's just giving them lots of cool free stuff. And then they're like, "You don't give us enough time." I mean, I can understand why. Mr. Chef person is like a little peeved, but I never understand that because he's a chef. He should be out oh, yeah. all, the time. all the time. He should never be available. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I guess it's insinuated that I guess he has time on his hands. So yeah, I guess he's not a very good chef. But I mean, that's the thing. Like the end, he does leave New York to go to Boston or something. Boston because he gets so he gets upgraded, and then all of a sudden, it's fine if he wants to go do his stuff, but it's only half the kid. She's not allowed to. She's not allowed to do well at her job. No, I'd like her to stay with Meryl Streep. That's how I'd like the movie to end. Mm-hmm. I because a better version. Will of also Street. say that I really hate where he gets really mad at her about his birthday because she had to work late and couldn't come. Oh, it's his birth. It's her birthday. His birthday. Oh, it's his birthday. And I'm like, what are you, a four year old? <laughs> 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 Why do you care so much about your birthday? <laughs> Have it the next day. I know. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a bit of a he's he's what they call him this a, a bit of a bitch. But <laughs> <sighs> then she becomes a journalist, and I guess it's fine at the end. Yeah, this episode has been about absolutely nothing. We just kind of chit chat. We were supposed to talk about how our fighting styles were, but then we kept getting on sidetracks. That is a good metaphor for our relationship. And also our fights. Do we get sidetracked in our fights? No, we pretty much stay on, on topic. Am I on task when we fight? Yes. Wait, how is that a metaphor for our life? I just feel right now very meandering. Well, everyone feels meandering. I want to go outside. 
Guys, I really hate COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, whoa. <laughs> very controversial. Very controversial. Hot take. I, I hate COVID-19. I've also been trying not to complain about it because Ian and I are in such a good place where uh, we both are employed and we both still have salaries coming in. Yeah, we've been quite fortunate. No, Well, we, we've known people who've gotten coronavirus, but they haven't, like, died or anything. Yeah, just one person I can think of. Oh, a couple people, actually. Emily, yeah. Lillian. That's it. That's anyway, all I know. we've known some people. Uh, but also, we are very financially stable. We're not losing out. Uh, Ian doesn't even have to do anything. That's not true. I read. In case anyone from the government is here, Ian works eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Mostly reading. Mostly reading. Which Ian does not regard as work is what he would do in his free time, which is why I'm really saying he's not doing anything. I have learned so much about the Middle East. <laughs> in this time. Um, fighting. We do that. We do it more. We do it about stupider things. Yes. I mean, I'm trying to think of, yeah, we do the best stupid things, honestly. Well, besides the Ruth Bader Ginsburg argument last night, <laughs> uh, I got mad at Ian because I gave him a French press coffee mug for our anniversary and he did not clean it for a week. So it was really gross. And I was like, I just gave this to you and you did not care about it enough to clean it. I forgot because I don't use it now because it's going to be a work um, tool. But thing. he did use it and it mug. had cream in it and it was gross when I cleaned it out. We're calling it out. Anyway, point being, that hurt my feelings a little bit. But I also think that probably it's stupid that my feelings were hurt about that because it wouldn't matter that much to me normally. Uh, sometimes I get mad because I don't think Ian's cleaning as well as I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I get mad because we don't have enough flour. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, occasionally I just get weirdly stressed over my job. Yep. Okay, you tell three things you get mad about. Uh, I get mad at Julie when she gets mad at me. <laughs> That's not healthy. <laughs> and then, uh, I get mad, um, I get mad when things tip over while I'm trying to do work. Things tip over a lot while Ian tries to do I work. Like try to clean of the their own volition, and things tip over. Are things in the way sometimes? I sometimes get very angry at inanimate objects. Uh, I also accidentally tip things over a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you get mad at me when I do that and then I go, help, help? <laughs> no, that's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> uh, I sometimes tip things over, but then it's sort of like that immediate reaction of, I don't know what to do. I just tipped everything over and everything is wet now. Mm-hmm. I get mad at the government sometimes. Oh, everyone's mad at the government. Mm -hmm. I get mad at... I really don't get mad that often. I get mad at your mom when she tries to shame me for eating my macaroni and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be shamed for the macaroni and cheese. Ugh. And then she gets really uppity about her food habits compared to mine. And I just know that your dad is walking in with a box of donuts as this is happening. Billy Jolie just lets things go. <laughs> well, we never really resolved the fight. No, never did. She just said that she was projecting. And I took that as concession. 
I mean. And mom is, is probably listening to this podcast. And she's probably like, I didn't know we were still fighting about this. I didn't know we were fighting about it at the time. But we were, Gina. We were fighting. <laughs> well, she's going to send us texts as she listens to the podcast. Her little, um, I'm not sure she's still listening. We haven't been updating her when they upload. Also, it's been shouldn't. a while. We should we shouldn't tell her because what we'll do is we'll just do like a few of these. And you know how like you discover a new show on Netflix, but it's an old show. So you have like seven seasons to get through. So you can just kind of binge it and keep it on the background. It's just wonderful. So you mean like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes. What you're doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's what you should do. With Sometimes Netflix. I get mad at Ian because he doesn't care as much about our Animal Crossing island that he lives on <laughs> as I do. I... There's an argument. I just don't like Animal Crossing all that much. I'm sorry. Every time you play it, you play it for several hours. No, I don't. I play it for like an hour. And then here's the thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's much better. When's the last time I played Animal Crossing? Every time I put it in your hands, you're like, this is great. And then you fish for like an hour. I played it like two weeks ago. And then I haven't felt the urge to play it. Because it's just a little too slow for me. Anyway... Tune in next time when we fight about Animal Crossing. Oh, we're going to fight about Animal Crossing. Uh, rate and review. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually. Or do, if you really feel compelled to. Ian just hates it when I say it, so I say it every time. They know that from the other podcast. Tell us the stupid things that you're fighting about. In the comment section? Uh, I don't think we have one. Oh. Anyway, bye. Say goodbye, Ian. Oh, bye. <laughs>